Oh, sorry, Dr. Martin Whiteley is in the studio with me today, adjunct research fellow with a doctorate in ADHD policy with concerns about an inquiry that's just been released. Why do you suggest that this is flawed? You've touched on a few well, areas there. the Senate inquiry failed to deal with the fundamental issue of what is ADHD. It had a, a one-sentence statement that, uh, from memory, said ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder. And it just stated that as a fact. Now, that means, what that means is it's a, it's a, it's a, product of a defective defective brain development in mm -hmm. early childhood so as soon as you accept that the underlying cause is biological in this case from from faulty brain chemistry and faulty brain function mm -hmm. it invites a medical response and there's absolutely no evidence that's used medical evidence that's used to diagnose adhd the behaviors are as i said things like fidgeting uh, playing loudly uh, running around and climbing excessively, yeah, uh, not not waiting your turn, um, losing your toys and pencils. So that is at the is at the guts of mm. the ADHD diagnosis. Now, consider, children are considered to be doing that too often uh, in an age inappropriate manner, and but, parents want it fixed straight away, don't they? Yeah, but yeah. there's no um, mm. there's no Chem there's no evidence of a chemical imbalance there's no evidence of a dis dysfunctional brain so we're medicalizing behavior and that leads that of course invites uh medication of course it yeah. invites a biochemical inter biochemical intervention and the, the drugs that are used to treat adhd uh like dexamphetamine uh ritalin uh are primarily stimulants or you know yeah, one of better term amphetamines mm. so what we're doing is we're giving kids a label mm-hmm and we're giving them a daily amphetamine um, habit. Um, you know, uh, in For it, life. Yeah, well, very Can often be. they're told this is a lifelong condition and they'll need, to have these, they'll need to take these drugs for life. Why did they come to the conclusion that it was a neurological situation, do you think, if you are proving that it is not always the case? Well, it's, it's, it's a case of making an assumption and then, and then building, building everything from there. Medicalizing ADHD, regarding it as a psych psychiatric disorder, putting it in the field of medicine, is based on this assumption that, that, that there's underlying brain problems, yeah. underlying brain function. Now, when you can't prove that, you shouldn't be jumping ahead. Now, that's the fundamental problem with this report. Not everything in the report is flawed, but when you start off accepting a premise without actually questioning that premise, in other words, questioning whether what is ADHD, and as I said, for some kids the, the behaviors are caused by things like just being the yeah. youngest in class for others it's a whole range of different different problems now i'm surprised that it hadn't been questioned you know what before the inquiry well uh, this place. isn't just the senate inquiry that that it, it's fundamentally if you look at the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders which is the the the, the bible of psychiatry mm. it without addressing this question describes ADHD as a, neurobi uh, as a neurodevelopmental condition, i.e. dysfunctional brain, but then goes on to say, as the report does, that the cause is unknown. So how can you say the cause is a defective brain but the causes are unknown? Unknown, that's, well, that's contradictory, And that's, that's yeah. in the report, it's in the, D it's in the DSM, the Diagnostic uh, uh, Guidelines. Martin, the person that does have genuinely... ADHD, right? Mm. A young person, a paediatric, um, you know, professional, of course, is diagnosed and they do tests. I know of a relative that has went through that at a, a very young age mm. and now an adult and suffering terribly ongoing. So 
Um, where are they going wrong with the testing, and and what causes ADHD? Well, not, Is there such a thing? Well, they're not they're not doing biological tests. No, okay. So they're they're just simply assessing. Yeah. behaviours. Now there are ways that you can do that in a more sophisticated manner. They, there's some computer programs that you can test in terms of you know response and ability to stay on task but nonetheless even when they do that it is just simply assessing behaviour. There's no assessment of yeah, medical underlying cause. So yeah. that's the fundamental problem with it's an oversimplification. Yeah, it, it goes back that that all, was always the case though wasn't it? It's always been yes, the case. Yes, that's really. right. It's always been that the causes are unknown. Now, the, hypoth- the dominant hypothesis was it was caused by a, 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 um, a dopamine imbalance in the brain. That's right. This was about 30 years ago. And over time, the evidence for that has got weaker and weaker and weaker. And now they say it's a, it's a complex, you know, multifaceted neurodevelopmental disorder. In other words, we don't know what it is. In fact, it could be many things, but it's neurodevelopmental, i.e. it's in the brain. So we've got less certain that their language has yeah. become less... The more we've known, the less certain we've become about the origins. And, and you, you mentioned earlier, if they're misdiagnosed because of behaviour, because maybe they're a bit young, starting school, mm. that sort of thing, if they're medicated, I mean, that has a long-term effect and it really has to stop. Well, there's recent research that just reinforced what we already knew, and that is that long-term exposure to low doses of amphetamines have effects on your cardiovascular system. Mm, um, are associated with higher, higher rates of cardiova- adverse cardiovascular events later in life. Mm. I mean, we know amphetamines amphetamine is not good for developing for brains and bodies and yet we seem to forget that when it comes to to uh, treating adhd martin you have such a, a very distinctive you know idea about this which is very obvious it's true why aren't they listening to people like yourself well uh, at the risk of sounding a little <laughs> too please cynical, please do it's it's a it's a 50 billion dollar uh, oh, industry industry i mean yeah. <laughs> if, if you look at medicine and and ADHD in particular from the perspective assuming that patient welfare is what's guiding practice then it it doesn't make any sense but if you look at medicine as an industry and ADHD as an industry and you understand that like all other industries maximizing profits is the the underlying principle then it makes perfect sense so over time what we've seen is the the diagnostic criteria for adhd have got looser and looser and the net's got broader and broader and broader so more and more people are being caught initially go back 30 years it was young young disruptive boys you know naughty naughty boys was was a a term fiona stanley used to describe the sort of kids that were being diagnosed adhd now it's adults and there's a there's a push to to say that women are underdiagnosed, and we need to achieve gender equity for women, you know, by raising the diagnosis rates for, for women. So, you know, and the promotion of passive ADHD, this sort of um, uh, inattentive ADHD, we, without the hyperactivity, but with the sort of the forgetfulness and yeah. the distractibility. So that industry has got broader and broader, and broader and broader, and and of course yeah. voices that are not like mine, people that would fundamentally disagree with me. Uh, have access to those resources. You know, as yeah. I said, the global sales of ADHD drugs this year will be about fifty billion Australian oh dollars, my gosh, and yes, they're anticipated to double yeah. in the next seven years. What's the solution? Do you think? Well, it's a difficult. It's it's difficult. It, it it actually involves treating each individual child as an individual and trying to identify the cause of any problematic behaviour. So you have to set um, a criteria, I suppose, of testing and questioning and going to computer programs and and perhaps accepting that the stop looking for simple answers stop looking for this sort of this one size fits all diagnosis 
but actually understand that it's you know a process of trial and error and for some kids you know um the the, the the causes of the behaviour may be quite obvious. For instance, children, as I said, that have been sexually abused, how would you expect them to behave? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. uh, little girls that are, you know, uh, primary school age girls that suddenly go from being angelic in the classroom to, to, to you know, distracted and, uh, uh, yeah, of course. you know, traumatised. For a lot of reasons, yeah. Uh, you know, look for the underlying cause. Um, you know, Who are you going to get to do that, though? I mean... Well, it's not a simple. It's no, not. A, it's, it's not. not. A, there's not a simple. This is the difficulty for people putting my perspective. There's not a simple answer. I mean, we all need to be uh, have a, a truly holistic approach to the child, and actually, uh, you know, we all need to be involved. But what what we've done is we've set up a system that deals with you know, children as case cases and gets as many through the system as you possibly can. I how, mean, how do you? Can you? If you had the you know the possibility to do this and write a list of guidelines for the medical profession, what what would you sort of be getting them to do to assist? Well, it's, uh, Jenny, I don't want to go beyond my level of expertise. And my my PhD is in public policy, so it relates to ADHD. But I know that the answer is complex. Yeah. I mean, if if kids are, if kids are not thriving, we need to spend the time to actually find out what's going in the, on on in that child's life. Um, and that's there's no simple answer to that. No. Um, yeah, but, but it, it is if it's put into place and it is followed by the book because obviously a lot of children have to do this medication for their lives if that's what they've been analysed to have and they may not be that case, you know. So yeah. it's, it's extremely important. What, what would you say to parents? Uh, look, I, I think that the donor... Don't... don't uh, the doctors... The good doctors yeah. in this field are the ones that very, very often will say, "We don't know what's going on in your child's case. You know, let's let's try this. Let's see what. Let's see this. Let's see the thing." The 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 ones not to trust are the ones that go, "Oh yes, yes, exactly." You, you know, yeah. I've seen your child for for an hour now, and I can tell you that your child has a biochemical imbalance in the brain, and they need to take these these safe, effective medications. In other mm. words, the ones that are certain, the ones that claim to have certainty and knowledge the doctors that claim be skeptical yeah um, I, I mean the, the, the thing the parents about, need to be too don't yeah. they yeah the the about, questions certain questions they should ask of their doctor i think if if they're told that their child has a neurodevelopmental disorder yeah has a biochemical brain imbalance has a dysfunctional brain ask to see the evidence okay good there point. won't be any you know no uh, and the other uh, piece of advice I'd give is to understand that the the, the behaviour altering effects of uh, stimulants, amphetamines, are universal. If most people, the vast majority of people who take low dose amphetamines, take a couple of dexamphetamine, will become quieter, will become more narrowly focused. That's not a response to an underlying biochemical brain imbalance. Yeah. That's just a response of a normal brain. It makes sense. Uh, Ruth, good afternoon to you. Hi, Jenny. I'm sorry I didn't get the name of the gentleman that's... Dr. Martin Whiteley. It's Martin. Hi, Martin. My Hi. name's Ruth and I've got... Um, my son is 26 at the moment, but uh, he was born at 23 weeks gestation. Got um, a bleed in his right side brain. Got cerebral palsy. Just a mild case. Just recently he has been... Oh, when I say recently, he's actually not recent now. End of last year was diagnosed with ADD. Um, mm -hmm. And I believe that ADD and ADHD are under the same umbrella. Yeah, they are. But um, 
the, the thing, it was a very bad year for him last year. <laughs> Clinical depression as well. Um, and he saw us, there's lots of little questions or statements or whatever that I want to sort of point out, is that he saw a psychiatrist. My son Zoomed him. Um, I'm guessing everybody knows what Zoom is. I didn't till recently. Um, and put him on dexamphetamines. Apparently, I've learnt this year that he was put on um, more, a higher dose than what he should have. Mm. Um, and there's a difference between, he, he wasn't hyper, um, he, but his concentration was not, um, was not good. And, and because we had a long term in, um, in hospital, as well as a long time being, di- you know, in, in PMH for different things, um, and just recently he's been diagnosed with autism. Um, there needs to be more, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, knowledge or something around, around, sorry, um. Yeah, it's awful, Ruth. As a parent, it's a terrible thing to go through. But, but I didn't, he wasn't hyper, so he wasn't tagged as being, uh, you know, ADHD. There's not a lot of knowledge about that out there, mm. but he did have a, an attention deficit. Um, because there were so many other things going on with him, it was just really hard to pick. So there needs to be more um, research or, or knowledge put out there with these people that supposedly know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's um, talking I don't about, know then. how that can happen. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, just going back to a comment you made about he was... Uh, diagnosed after a zoom meeting um we used to have a system in in western australia called the stimulants monitoring scheme that that actually made individual um doctors accountable for their prescribing patterns uh that was introduced when when prescribing rates in western australia were very high in the early 2000s and that led to a halving in the rates of prescribing um for children um yeah and when we collected the data we found that one particular paediatrician had diagnosed to 2,077 children in a 17-month period. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And Mm. unfortunately, um, that scheme was in place from about 2004 to 2015, and Mm. Mm. um, it's been abolished. Mm. So we've now got basically back to the situation where there are undoubtedly individual doctors out there prescribing to literally thousands of kids a year. So it's up to the parents to really be more proactive if they can be, if they know what to do. Well, yeah, and I I also think it's... These are... The drugs are Schedule 8 drugs, control drugs, because of their potential for diversion and abuse. So government is saying these are drugs that need to be monitored and yet has walked away from a perfectly good monitoring system that that actually led to a fall in prescribing rates Mm. in Western Australia. So um, it's... um, You know, you... What are parents going to do if no one's going to make these changes and more information out there for parents to be aware and give information to the you know the specialists they're seeing? Maybe it's this or maybe it's that. Show me proof. Is yeah, that it's story? very difficult because, as I said, it's a $50 billion industry that has a powerful <laughs> voice and, and yeah. the, this voice is reflected in this Senate inquiry. Mm. I mean, it's a, in fact, it's been virtually totally dominated by this, this Senate inquiry that, as I said, mm. has fundame- failed to address that Absolutely. fundamental question of what is ADHD or address it adequately. Do you reckon there's going to be a strong enough voice like yours, for example, I'm just speaking on your behalf, Ruth, that might be able to see some change? Well, uh, my, my my thing that I just wanted to add here, that there was no monitoring 
real monitoring done of this drug, the ADHD. He had other issues last year as well. Of mm. He was due for some eye surgery because he had that retina. I can never remember names of things. Um, but he was not monitored with this, with this drug. Um, and I think those people should be accountable yeah. for monitoring them. Yeah, that's what you're saying. That's exactly what um, uh, Martin is saying at the moment. I don't know why that is. Okay, so, okay, well, Ruth, I, look, I, I, I hope you're okay. Um, I hope you're okay. It's, this is the hard part for the parents, yeah. Mm. Yeah, just there needs to be um, a bit more accountability. Of course it does, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. But, uh, yeah, very interesting. Thank you. Very yeah, thank you for thank calling you. and take care, Ruth. Yeah, Martin, you know, it's the piece of the person that has to go through life with that label and the medication that's ongoing and they become adults. I mean, I remember one day we were talking to a doctor many years ago now about it and he said he was an, a truck driver and he always thought something was wrong with him um, and he was just diagnosed in his 50s mm. as having ADHD. I mean... Yeah, look, my particular concern is about children. I mean, yeah. if... I think if adults are told the truth about the subjective nature of the diagnosis, i.e., there is no underlying, under, there is no medical evidence. It's it's all based on behaviours, and they're told the truth about the drugs. They have the capacity to make to make Decisions. an informed choice, and I think there are there are long term adverse events that you would, you know, they should be well and truly aware of before mm. they make those choices. But nonetheless, adults are adults. My real concern is about kids, of course, because yeah, kids don't absolutely. have the capacity. Yeah. Uh, or the, or some may have the capacity, but they don't have the um, the any choice in the matter. So really, when they go to a specialist, I, I'm just trying to simplify it here a little bit. If a parent goes along and says, "Well, my child has started school, like you said, mm. she's a bit young," I think maybe should we look at that behaviour and not perhaps you mm. know being labelled ADHD. Mm. Are there other things that they could take? with information to that person to the doctor or I, I think the the very notion of an ADHD specialist and there are people that badge themselves as ADHD specialists is flawed okay uh, the, 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 the the psychiatrist I, I work with and that I know and I trust don't call themselves specialists in ADHD they're specialists in paediatric psychiatry so they'll look at the whole child yeah. rather than you know if all you've got is a hammer everything's a nail uh, and you've got, as I said, you've got doctors, um, according to the last report we produced in 2015, there was one uh, West Australian psychiatrist who prescribed to 2073 in a single year. Oh, my God. So, um, you know, if you go into that doctor's at, surgery, you'll, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's not being, it's, in fact, we've stopped collecting so the data. So is there, is there such a registration list somewhere of people that are genuine and do what you're <sighs> suggesting? That's the uh, thing. I think, uh, and and to be honest, I speak to a number of psychiatrists who say they are feeling pressure from pa patients coming in or parents to fix it and yeah. saying, "I think my son or daughter has ADHD, or I think I have ADHD. Uh, give me a diagnosis and give me a script." And um, you know, I uh, get that. Yeah. So it's not just. Uh, the doctors themselves. The doctors, but we've yeah. all got to accept that simple answers yeah. are, are often not the right answer. Okay, so uh, is there anywhere people can go to get a list of guidelines, perhaps, you know, as yeah. to the behaviour of the child before they go to a doctor? And Well, well I, I think they should read, everybody should read the diagnostic criteria for ADHD, the actual diagnostic criteria, the 18 behaviours 
Where can I get that? Well, you can get them online. You know, oh, I've okay, got a good. website called uh, ADHD The Facts. Um, but there's many places you could actually you could actually Google uh, the 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 diagnostic criteria for ADHD and, and have a look That's at the ADHD behaviours yeah. because you know understand that is the basis of the diagnosis. There's not there's not evidence of uh, uh, you know there's no blood uh, blood tests or brain scans or anything that resembles a a, a, uh, a medical evidence. Well, let's just hope you uh, get a long way <laughs> down the track <laughs> with this because you are passionate about it and I think a lot of parents would really be very thankful that you're doing this sort of thing and making them aware. So if they can go to your website, ADHD The Facts, yeah. Yeah, before they rush their child and get medication for them so I think they're ADHD. They may yeah. well not be. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Much appreciated. Uh, Dr Martin Whiteley joining us on the program. Thank you.